Welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads, a podcast all about beer from a West Virginia perspective. I'm Erin McCoy, here with my podcast partner, Charles Bakwe. Well, today, uh, it's kind of the long-awaited visit up to Jackie O's with West Virginia Beer Roads. And yeah, it's Athens, Ohio, that's right. And I have two of the guys here who are integral parts of keeping Jackie O's where it's at and what we love about it. Uh, got the owner, long-time Athens resident, uh, Art Ostrike. Art, welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads. Thanks, Charles. And one of the, certainly the chief brewers of the people in brewing operations, Seth Morton. What's up, y'all? Yeah. I'm head brewer, which is thinly veiled as lead spreadsheet jockey. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, since I've reported on Jackie O's last on the Brilliant Stream uh, blog, uh, I mean, a lot's changed. You know, we've uh, got a new head brewer here, uh, uh, got a beer club now, you've got a new tap room in Columbus, you've weathered the COVID pandemic or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I know a lot of new products coming up and I hear there's even a new bake shop in town and all and I know we're going to talk about it. I just don't know where we should start Aaron. Well Charles since this is my first visit to Jackie O's Brewery and there's so much to love here I want to hear what Art and Seth think are the keys to the brewery's success. Well I, the key to success anywhere I think is investing in your, in your people investing in your community and um letting people express themselves through their work. I think it's like vital to, um, to success in all fronts. I mean, everybody wants to be given the reins, at least to a certain extent. And, and I think it's really important um, to do that. And that's that, you know, through experimentation, you learn, you live, you fail, and you succeed. And through those different things, like the, the more you... Um, practice your craft, the more you um, attack your craft, and the more you're allowed to attack your craft, the better you get. So, yeah, For me, it's just constant innovation. The, the, the great creative license that art's given to us uh, as employees and as teams in order to be able to innovate and never stay stale and keep things moving while still curating a, a really well-developed house style and how we do things and a, a sense of appropriacy while also being progressive. So would you say that that's how you, as a combination of both of your all's answers, maintain the high level of success or the high bar that's been established here at the brewery? I like to believe so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, before we get too far into this discussion, I want one of you to talk about the beer that we're drinking right now. So what do we have? Shoot it, Art. Well, I mean, I don't know, just like an everyday drinking hazy that I can't seem to get enough of. <laughs> um, you know, ever since this this uh, beer first came out, I've I've been in love with this style and at this percentage point, and um, and where this goes, that um, who cooks for you is a nod to the um, the. Our, our friends in the woods out here, and who cooks for you? Um, it, <laughs> it works just well with Appalachia across all fronts. So, um, you know, Seth? Yeah, a, a crispy little driller of a beer. Who cooks for you? It's a 5.5% hazy pale ale. Uh, you could even call it a session IPA if you wanted to add more syllables to it. But uh, beer built to kind of be the antithesis of these big, hazy, hoppy under attenuated monsters and uh, uh for years people complained about ipa of it being too bitter and that i mean that's still people have barriers to entry with hoppy beer because hoppy equals bitter to to a lot of folks and design this beer kind of as the antithesis of that so if people say that it's too bitter then you just take the bitterness up raise the softness with a bunch of ohio grown and malted oats and some flaked oats Kick a little bit of Centennial Mosaic and Citra in the kettle, and then a, a pretty aggressive dry hop uh, at the end of fermentation with Citra and Mosaic. Well, it's quite delicious. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, yeah. I could drink a few of these and have. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beer that follows me home more than any other. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well, guys, uh, for years, Jackie O's has sort of been my benchmark for local brewery success in our part of Appalachia. And, you know, back in, I don't know, what, the mid-2000s, once uh, Route 33 was, the new one was built and completed from Athens, Ohio, over to Ravenswood, West Virginia, connecting up with I-77. You know, at that point, Jackie O's 
for us down in the Charleston Huntington region, well, we didn't have a local brewery then. And they, you know, we started thinking of Jackie O's as our local brewery. You know, us beer geeks anyway, I don't mean everybody, but you know, the people that really followed craft beer. And so we started, you know, our treks to uh, mid 2000s, you know, we started coming up here pretty regularly uh, throughout the years. And, uh, but what has really impressed me that I've learned to love most, not that the, I don't love the beer most, and so maybe I should say I love the beer most, but there's another aspect of this brewery. It's that you guys have a commitment to this community that's, to me, exemplary. And you weren't just another business that came, you know, set up to extract money out of Athens, Ohio. You were a business that added more than you probably took away. I mean, you've, through the years, you've expanded. You hire a bunch of people here. You're a major employer. But you also, you love this community. It comes out in the things you do. And I guess it's just that you're a beautiful example to me of what small breweries in a town can be and what they should be. And if, you know, on their, their impact to their local communities. So Art, I, you know, what, how's, how's that come about? I mean, I assume you're the kind of architect behind that. Well, I've always felt that sometime with the big box boom of the 70s, 80s, 90s that happened across the country. I mean, before then, it was a local economy. Local economies drove community. And that's where all those jobs that, a lot of jobs disappeared as a result of those big box stores. A lot of good jobs disappeared because of those big box stores. There's jobs, but they're not, you know, those good jobs, as I said. So um, when I came to school here in the 90s, I fell in love with the area. Um, with the feel of Appalachia that I didn't get growing up in Northeast Ohio. And um, when I left, I knew I wanted to come back here. I left and taught English overseas for a couple of years, but I came back knowing that I wanted to be here for a long time and to impact this area in a positive way. Well, the re breweries are local and they naturally tend to be community oriented and community supportive because which is why there's a brewery in basically every town today okay because we went from 23 in ohio in 06 to 350 and counting in ohio today so that's like shows why it does support community we've definitely gone above and beyond i think in that regards though um with different things that we've supported around here um there's not many exports from Athens, Ohio, other than college degrees. Yeah. And, uh, and Jackie Hill's beer is another <laughs> large uh, export from here, um, which is a pretty hilarious thing to think about it. But those Bobcats, the Ohio University Bobcats, um, those Bobcats that have graduated, <clears throat> a large percentage of them move back to their small towns in Ohio or to other places within Ohio. So we've got a natural um, source of supporters uh, around the state of Ohio that have spent some time in Athens and then gone back out into the into the real world and uh, whatever that means and um, and they're supporting us through that all these all these times so it's been really easy to get that support give that support support the athletics and or arts at the university or support music in the community and to support all these different different smaller um, organizations that are in need of money, in need of help, in need of visibility, or in need of all these different things. And, you know, it's part of my mantra as a person and the company um, company's mantra as well to support local and be local. Well, I like that you mentioned the export concept, that you're exporting uh, really Athens goodwill in a way, uh, because there's not that many things that small towns, small cities, whether they're college towns or not, I mean, that they can manufacture that's gonna get notice and, and you know, for their local community. That's tough to do today. And, and small beer, or, I mean, small breweries, craft beer has been one of those things that you see, it does get a lot of notice. It gets a lot of publicity. It makes people excited. Mm -hmm. it, it, you get a buzz and people learn where Jackie O's is. I don't care what state you're in now. Craft beer people know this place. Yep. Yeah. Well, Jackie O's small batch beers, they've been a hallmark of the brewery success in Ohio and nationally among craft beer fans. 
Whether it's your traditional sours, your big imperial stouts that everybody loves, or other specialties, um, these bottled beers have kept Jackie O's in national best beer discussions. So let's talk about the current direction of your small batch program. Yeah, so we've got some cool stuff. Uh, as head brewer and co-director of brewing operations, I took over a lot of the reins in 2019 when Brad Clark left to go start Private Press Brewing in Santa Cruz. And since then, there was, you know, there's, there's a Jackie O's archetype. A lot of people say, you know, they'll try one of our barrel-aged stouts, and you can pick them out of a police lineup that it's ours. I hope that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, but there's, a, there's definitely an archetype there. And uh, one big thing that I learned from Brad was uh, this, this sense of appropriacy and the sense of looking at things a second and third time, different angles. And when you're developing a beer on a, on a piece of paper or in a conversation, there, there's a very ingrained in sense of appropriacy and how to do it. It's one of those things I, I can't tell you exactly how to do it, but I know it when I see it. Uh, well, and then also you have the constraints of your brewing kit and how many turns you have to get out. But starting in early 2020, no, 2019 was when we started the, the four packs, we don't really get to play with hops at the production brewery a lot. Our pub brewer, Liam McDonald, he gets to mess around with smaller runs of maybe hops that aren't as available, that were that you're not able to get at scale, that you've got to kind of uh, sweeten some people up in order to get your mitts <laughs> on them. But with the introduction of this four-pack double IPA series that we've been doing since early 2019, which is now in its third year, which is pretty crazy, uh, we've been able to play with hops at the production brewery. Whereas down here, you know, you would kick out a couple limited release six-packs a year, that being beers like Seafoam and Under a Cloud, that are still big runs. The one that we did this year close but far is 880 barrels brewed. Wow. Limited release, wink. Um, <laughs> 880 barrels? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, then uh, we're currently brewing Sing to the Sun, which is our second limited release six-pack for the year, and we'll be doing a little bit over 1,000 barrels of that. Wow. That's yeah. But with the four packs, we can kind of we can we can play jazz where we've sort of been a cover band for a long time. <laughs> you get to you get to riff and you get to everybody gets to play a solo. That's been the the really really fun thing. And even those those four packs, that's still 120 barrels of beer. So okay. it's it's not a volume. It's not a small amount. It's not a small amount. <laughs> but we've been able to play, which we've always been able to play with recipes and barrels for the barrel aging program because it's. A relatively small volume compared to however much Mystic Mama and Who Cooks For You and the other brands we're kicking out a year. But I've been having a lot of fun with hoppy beer in the last couple of years. Nice. Yeah, and before we get off this hoppy beer and these dippers, I, I, I want to know uh, where'd that possum art come from on that? Uh... West Virginia. That, that <laughs> well, came from. Of course, uh... that's why I asked. <laughs> no, no, that, uh, that came. Loaded question. <laughs> That, that came from Bryn Parrott at Deer Jerk on Instagram. She's been doing the artwork for all of our cans since, since we started canning beer. 2013. Yeah. Wow. So a long time. what I've been digging on whenever we... And Bryn is a Morgantown uh, Correct. person. Yeah. Morgantown, West Virginia person. Yeah. Look Bryn up. She's awesome. Uh, but with the limited release beers that, that we've been kicking out over the last couple of years, I... I like kind of singing the song of Appalachia or having some Appalachian tie there. So I'm trying to use exclusively Appalachian animals whenever we're developing these. Oh, that's sweet. So close but far, we've got porcupines there on the way back. Sing to the sun. Uh, that beer is going to have cicadas on it. Oh, wow. So <laughs> sales in Western Ohio are either going to be great or terrible. Depending yeah. um, <laughs> on how, how hard they were hit, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And then for the four packs, use more exotic animals because yeah. they're you know, smaller batches. And, but... With the with the limited release beers that we've been putting out lately, really trying to sing the song of the area and most and use characters mostly from this area. That's great. Yeah. Do you have some new um, barrel age products that you want to talk about? Always. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got some really cool stuff coming down the line. We'll have uh, Maple Barrel Dark App coming out soon. So there's a gentleman, Kevin Milligan, who has a maple grove farm, whatever, out in Amesville, which is only a couple miles from here. He reached out to us reached out to us and said, uh, I've got this bourbon barrel-aged maple syrup. Would you want to use it in your beer? He said, we said, absolutely not, but what are you doing with those barrels? So yeah. he said, well, I empty them here and there, 
I'll give you guys the option to purchase some. So we got those barrels that originally held bourbon, then held maple syrup from trees that grew in Amesville's in Athens County. Yep. Yeah. In Athens County. And then we got those barrels and then we just racked those out pretty recently. And it's a really, really kicking beer. Great. Uh, on top of that, we've got a, a really fun new barley wine called Decorating Pieces of Time. It's kind of a riff on... Uh, prodigality or the brewing process of prodigality with some different malts and some things shimmied around so that's a blend of bourbon barrel aged barley wines and apple brandy barrel aged barley oh, wines that sounds delicious then yeah they just they just keep rolling for anybody that's familiar with our friends uh branch and bone brewing up in dayton brett's been a, a dear friend of us for many many years yeah you've done other collabs with them right? yeah yeah they're uh Brett and John are just the best folks, but we're releasing a beer called Pyrography, which is a big rye okay. stout that we brewed with them. It was wow. down for, I think, 16, 17 months, something like that. Oh, nice. And yeah, this list just keeps going. <laughs> so those ABVs, uh, what do you find in the sweet spots now or in your, for your like imperial stouts and things? Uh, we, do, we have been seeing higher ABVs in our barrel-aged beer, and uh, a big part of that since we've taken over the reins as a, as a team, we found that the beer presents better if left in barrel longer. Our gravity coming off brew house has been a little bit higher to stoke a little bit higher finishing gravity. So to leave a little bit more residual sugar in the beer, a fuller mouthfeel. But what we found with those higher starting gravities coming off the brew house, those beers need maybe a couple extra months to hang around. It was nice when everything was getting done in a 12 month cycle. So when black maple hits the brewing schedule, or when black maple hits the blending schedule, then we're like, all right, we've got to brew some black maple. So it's been a little bit harder to, uh, to coordinate with a little bit longer age statement. And on top of that, that longer age statement, the longer they spend in barrels, the more water is going to evaporate. So then we wind up with stronger beers to boot. Right. So that's why you okay. saw uh, Abandon the Halogens was like 14.5 or something like that. <laughs> that one had to be laid down for a little, for a little bit longer. I just remember, and I think in conversations with some of you guys, maybe even Art, but uh, a couple years back even, that it's been harder and harder to find shelf space, you know, for your six packs and even probably four packs in beer stores, even beer specialty stores. There's just so many new beers coming out in cans these days, certainly this year, that it's, there's not enough shelf space to put them all in. So, you, you know, you guys, of course, have to produce your core brands and you have to continue to work those and your distributors have to work them. And, and I guess, I know because that was hard to find growth, that's where I think you moved more toward the, to the specialties and these one-offs and became, you know, that, that calendar got really ramped up of getting those out like you were just, all the beers you were just talking about. So I guess I'm kind of curious how those two sides of the market today are playing out. You know, the small back specialties versus your you know, the kind of more core or standard, even if they're standard kind of IPAs or double IPAs that would, you know, find, need shelf space in, in retail. How's that playing out? And what's that battle like out there uh, today? Never ending. That battle is going to be here and be here for a while. Um, I don't see it going anywhere. Uh, you have to put something new out there in the market today. Um, if you sit and rest on your laurels, um, you'll you won't get back up is what I kind of think is what's happening today. So that's where, you know, Seth eloquently said that, you know, we're trying new stuff and we're going to continue to try new stuff. And, you know, we can come up with the liquid, come up with the artwork and pair them together and keep putting new stuff on those shelves. But, you know, like you said, Charles, the, the shelf space is not always just sitting there ready to, ready to, you know, embrace you. Um, I'm very, I feel very fortunate that we started when we did, that we have those shelf spaces. We have that history, that historical data, you know, Mystic is a, is a heavyweight within the six pack world in, in the state of Ohio. Um, there's been a big push to go towards 12 packs that we've kind of held off of, but you know, we'll see where that goes. And, you know, I, maybe I missed the, maybe we missed the boat by not getting the 12 pack machine in here last year, but um, time will tell on how that works, and you never know what worked. And you know, no, hindsight's twenty twenty. I could see Ricky in a thirty pack or something. Else. <laughs> okay. uh, a Rick Rack, right? Rick Rack. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we've we've thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but that we would need another brewery. Yeah. yeah. In order to do Rick Racks, so <laughs> yeah. um, there's there's that whole whole thing. You know, it's like, do you open a new territory, 
or you know right now when we open new territories it's typically we're just one off every five months or six months we send a couple pallets to a different territory um you know with the exception being virginia which we're kind of sending beer to virginia on the yeah i mean that's obviously the other way you can when your own home market's full and the shelves are full you can open a new market and find uh, people that think, oh, we haven't seen this beer before. Let's put some on our shelves. And, uh, That's right. That's right, Charles. And so, you know, um, you know, to the viewers, to, to your listeners, um, you know, West Virginia has always been something that's out there. We're only half an hour from West Virginia and certain certain drives. And, right. um, you know, that's a could be a natural direction to go in. Yeah, I was coming to that. You know, I, I know it, our laws are can be a little difficult for small breweries to enter, but um, um, we're always hoping that Jackie O's and maybe you'd be able to give us a, a shot because we have that new ability to come in and do a, a two-day license like uh, for a beer festival that started this summer. So uh, maybe that way you could test the market a little bit. I've know. heard about those licenses and I, I feel pretty good about the West Virginia market as mm-hmm. is Charles. And um, we've definitely bounced it around and, you know, but didn't want to start anything new with COVID. You know, right. starting anything oh, yeah. new oh, with COVID, I think is just a, a recipe for disaster. Sir. So, um, we've, we've definitely shot that around a bunch of times. Um, you know, we just came out with, uh, close but far and we didn't quite see the numbers that we're used to seeing on a new six pack release. Okay. And COVID is kind of opening up when this beer gets, got released. And, uh, you know, so we might be entering upon a new, a new reality in terms of new release six packs, which is something that, you know, we've been hanging our hat on the, it goes mystic who cooks, and that limited release six pack fits right in a strong number three spot with us volume wow. wise. Oh, um, you know, even doing these 880 barrels, 1,020 yeah. barrels, and these, you know, big rips, it's become our number two. Um, you know, and I, we don't know if it's because bars just reopened or the shelves are saturated or what it really is. Yeah. It's hard to see right. today when you, you know, six months later, give you it some time. Back, yeah. Yeah. Um, to understand what to do in 2022 and, and how to move forward that way. So, um, yeah, shelf space is tight to answer your, your question. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll continue to be tight, but if you've proven your numbers, uh, that you're going to make a money on those shelf spaces, that's what those retailers are looking for. Yeah. Who's been, who are the breweries in Ohio? I mean, you, in a sense, kind of direct compete against the bigger craft brewers around here that you're seeing are, are, are strong in the market today and seem to be holding uh, shelf space. I mean, a couple other names between, you know, Great Lakes and Ryan guys are the two biggest heavy hitters in yeah. the state of Ohio. One from the north and one from the south. That's right. <laughs> so those two um, definitely hold the, the top spots. And you got Brewdog in the middle. And then Brewdog right. is rapidly approaching the, their, their category, their um, sales numbers. And uh, then after that, you know, you're looking at Fatheads, Madtree, um, yeah. Land Grant to uh, Platform to, you know, to who am I forgetting? Uh, the well, it takes a brewer that also is good at working with a distributor. You know, they have to know how to support that distributor and, and get their beer out there because it's not going to just happen because they're cool guys usually. You know. It's a love. <laughs> it's a. It's very much like a marriage. Okay, you are in it to win it. We're in it to win it with Cavalier Distributing out of Blue Ash. Um, love them. Love how that relationship has worked. We've been with them going on seven, going on eight years in August, and uh, that's been a wonderful relationship. We've gone through our ups and downs. You know, sure. again, trials and tribulations, just like any marriage. And they have ideas, and we have ideas, and you know, you got to find the middle ground in, the, in there and, and see where that shakes out. But. Um, it's been a very successful um, journey for both of us uh, for what we've done in the state of Ohio. So, Yeah, and what I've found our competitive advantage or my, my favorite thing about this brewery, why I've stuck around so long, is that we can do small brewery stuff at big brewery scale and we can do big brewery stuff at small brewery scale. Since we, we're kicking out, I mean, somewhere around the 14,000 barrel a year range, which is to a small brewer, that's huge. To a huge yeah. brewer, that's Tuesday. So, <laughs> uh, but we're able to react, be quick on our feet, and do really esoteric, really interesting stuff, but also do it at scale. Yeah. Some of our friends that come in that are renowned imperial stout or barrel-aged stout producers, uh, they come in the day of the collab, 
and batch two of the 40 barrels total that's getting brewed is like, yeah, they just got up to boil. And they're like, wait, we didn't have to mash in or do grain out or do anything <laughs> and produce more barrel aged beer in one day than they put out in a year. And still, you know, one run of a, a 40 barrel fermenter downstairs, that, that nets us 18 individual bourbon barrels. Yeah. So we can do small brewery stuff at scale. That's a lot of bottles. Yeah, and, 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 that's a yeah. lot of bottles. And that's also been a, an interesting thing for us is uh, accessibility has almost shot us in the foot with our barrel aging program because like Bourbon Barrel Dark App, really, really good. Bourbon Barrel Oro Negro, really, really good. But oh, they're yeah. seeing distro. So the availability yeah. is almost too high that people are like, well, if I can walk into a store and get it, it must not be that special. I have to line up in front of the brewery. I right. have to bring a tent. Right. You know, I got to show up three days in advance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I came out. Yeah, I think there is a distinction there, you know, in the craft beer community, the people that are willing to pay a higher dollar per bottle or, you know. And it's like when you guys did approbation and the, the, yeah. how excited I was to see a huge line out here. I think it was number two, probably the second time. Man, that line, I mean, people were, they had come from everywhere. Yeah. I mean, that was exciting. It had to be exciting for you guys, you know, to see the turnout that people, when they think it's a special beer, it's only available here, uh, it's got a good name, and they'd already had number one, so they come out with number two, and now everybody's heard about it, and we got to have some of that, because it was so good. It's still good. I've still got it, and I'm still drinking it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. How, how do you balance that out? I guess you constantly think about that. Though. You... All the time. Yeah. You've got to live and learn. I said it earlier. Like mm-hmm. You've got to live and learn and adapt and understand it. Um, I don't think we're... We probably hit our... Volume-wise, I don't think we'll ever have one year run of bourbon barrel dark apparition as big as the one two years ago. Right. Okay, yeah. so we're not going to put as many down in barrels for all these reasons. Um because there's a cap on it yeah. and we've we've seen right. the pallets around here and what we can do with blending it's incredible what can happen so using some of that stock towards blending and towards these other projects that are more esoteric or more shot towards the scouts um become things that we can do uh and have those special you know special releases again so but yeah special can also be normal you can go down to the grocery store or your local craft beer shop and pick up a really ripping Jackio's barrel aged stout. That's kind of the way that I like it. Okay. L- line around the block every once in a while is pretty cool, but giving yeah. people access to the well, stuff yeah. that a lot of people pour their heart and souls yeah, into I, I around s- here. Yeah. I don't want to stand in line every day for a beer. I mean, right. That, that would Me neither. Old, right. But, you know, occasionally it's just exciting to, to see. Oh, I mean, if there's three cars <laughs> in the Tim Hortons uh, drive through in the morning, I'm getting out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just been a funny, it's been funny to watch the industry change, you know, through the lens. And we've seen all these things, you know, we're looking at a, poster behind us of the 10 year anniversary mm-hmm. where there's like several hundred signatures on there you know those are tough days and those are crazy situations to run through and orchestrate and, and sure. pull off and uh yeah it is nice sometimes it's like nope bbda is everywhere <laughs> y'all enjoy it because it's phenomenal and uh but also we do we do a lot of smaller projects too especially yeah. if i'm like betting the farm on a new stout recipe We'll do 20 barrels of that. That's eight oak barrels that yeah. will wind up blending at the end of it. Yeah, and well, even your sours, too. A lot of the yeah, sours are very Those small. are even smaller batches, yeah. yeah. Right. But, uh, but, yeah, we, we want you to have access to our heart and soul. But then also come up and see us and say, holy cow, I've never seen that before. What's that? So that experience can be special wherever you can find it. Or you recently put out a pretty comprehensive response to the issues that are being raised nationally right now concerning the sometimes toxic and often less than desirable workplace conditions in the craft brewing industry related to, of course, sexual harassment, lack of diversity, among other things. Can you fill us in on what that's all about here at Jackie O's? Well, Aaron, you know, a month ago, Five, six weeks ago, I started reading the posts from Brienne. Right. And I, I, I was infatuated, enamored as I read through, you know, 
I was supposed to be sleeping. There were children sleeping, and you know, you sleep when they sleep, and and I, I couldn't stop reading it, and I, I. It sickens me. This place is named after my mother. Okay, like I, you know, was raised by a very strong woman, who invited everyone and was um, uh, wanted to take care of everybody. You know, the motherly figure, the right. matriarch, and um, I just it sickened me when I thought about some things that have happened over the years, right? That maybe I didn't react in the way that I would today because it was a different time and place in a different industry at that time. But that's no excuse. Like I, I don't, I don't, um, we didn't necessarily as a team or company make all the right decisions individually. And, um, and as management or, ownership I also don't think I reacted necessarily right in hindsight but you know of course like I've said a few times in this interview hindsight's 2020 okay it plain is. as day and there it is um, but in reading those posts I I felt like some posts were directed could be directed at Jackie O's and I and it really got me thinking quite a bit and and in speaking with the team and hearing some comments from some other people, um, both on our team or around our team, um, we are actively working towards improving situations. Um, we don't want that to happen again. Right. Um, we want to learn and we want to be better. Yeah, we must be better. And, uh, you know, from some trainings that have already happened to trainings that are coming to changes within our, our handbooks. Um, certain things have happened and certain things are on the way. Um, getting some more help on a human resources level is coming. Um, we're at a hundred and pre COVID 120 employees. Um, a lot of part-timers in there. Well, when Columbus comes online, we're going to have a big hiring spree and we want to be set and ready uh, with our HR practices and protocols when that happens. And education. So, education, Aaron, across the board. You, we have to do better. We have to do better. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about racial discrimination, sexism, um, um, you know, the fact that we all hate aliens. Okay? We have to stop that bullshit. <laughs> and zombies. It's, we, and zombies, yeah. We have to stop that bullshit. We have to give them and everyone... Um, the respect that everyone deserves right. and um, I don't uh, take this lightly at all like I my first blog post I didn't expect it to be that um, but it is that is what it is and I don't you know uh, I love our history I love our past but there are some things that I don't like about it and I, I, I hope that we never repeat them well, I'm glad you're making some proactive changes for education and for your staff, and that hopefully it will all be positive. I sure hope so. Yeah. Well, back in 2019, um, you guys started a new beer club here, Jackie. It was called the Imperial Scouts, and so I'd like you to kind of bring this up to date on that and how it's working for you. Well, I think that... So Imperial Scouts, yeah, we chose from a, we offered membership to a list of people that we had on file, a lot of that being based around Making It Right, uh, which is a program that we did a couple years ago when we were having some issues with microbial instability in our barrel-aged products. Wound up throwing a bunch of money at that problem and wound up most of the way whooped, pretty much all the way whooped. Almost. We got yeah. one outlier. One stinker. <laughs> one stinker. Uh, it's coming out, though, Charles. You'll be the second one to try it. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I love stinkers. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we had a, a list of folks that had reached out to us that we had communicated with and cast that out to pretty much that group and some other people that we knew that, we would, that would be interested in such a program, and it was our first crack at it, or second crack at it. I forgot about the, the staff program back in the day. Yeah. But we set forth and went digging into the barrel warehouse and found really cool blends, really cool beers that we could adjunct, really cool concepts. And each one of these runs for the Imperial Scouts program, they're four individual barrels. It's literally the smallest run that we can do. And 
we go digging, we find cool blends, we brand them, come up with a story and kick them out. So the scouts see six beers a year. Some of those beers are included with their membership mm -hmm. uh, payment. On top of that, they have availability to purchase more of those as well as the first shot at new releases. There's a Facebook group that spent some time on there, got some live streams coming up, and I've done some Q&As on there too that have been really yeah, fun. Yeah, you were on there recently, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last month, I think. Yeah, that was fun. I was, I was parked in my office over there with a six-pack of Pilsner just hoping that nothing went sideways. <laughs> <laughs> it went great after I started commenting on the appropriate thread. I started the, the AMA commenting on some post that Mackenzie had made about a bottle release a while ago. Oh, she was like, Seth, you're on the, you're on the wrong thread. Oh, no. Like, Man, maybe 32 is old. Uh, but yeah, so we get some, some interaction with the group. They get some special, uh, special privileges or incentives and get some cool merch and some, some really, really fun beers. The blending and coming up with ideas for the Scouts beers is one of my favorite parts of my job. Well, and the fun thing about the Scout program is that most of the Scouts are long-term fans of ours that we've met we know many of their names we've i have many of their phone numbers in my phone and who i text with regularly and all these sorts of things but now they have access without having to drive on a certain date at a certain time to get down here right. they've got a locker a dedicated space that you know with their name on it that we put their beers into and hold and you know they have to come and pick it up twice a year um first actual mandated pickup is this weekend uh, to clear out their lockers so that we can restock them and move some things around us we need to make changes and it's just really given those some of our best customers full platform to get the products that they want as well as products that that nobody else can get and that's mm -hmm. that's a lot of what it is today in the beer industry people want that access and uh, and that's been a great platform to uh, to give it to them yeah, it has been, and because I have uh, fortunate enough to participate in that, and uh, it's a it's a great great thing to make sure that I'm up to date on some of the coolest things that Jackie is, is putting out, and I've share them with Aaron. Aaron, I need a few of those special beers. Yeah, anyway, it, it, it is good, and I and I do it does create a lot of conversation, whether it's the Facebook page or even on other beer. Uh, blog things you know they talk about that the releases and things that are coming out or when people are drinking one they've held for a year and they're like oh my like it's good to see those uh, but people get excited about Jackie O's and I know West Virginians a lot of us we get over to Columbus because on the western side of the state here you know we're a couple hours out of Columbus or something and uh, you guys are gonna also you're hitting that Columbus market a lot harder than you, you did you know a few years back talk about uh, your tap room project and all that that's what's going on in, in with Jackie O's in Columbus so for years Columbus has been our biggest market you know let's say our home market Athens is obviously our home market but right. you know there are more people who graduated from Ohio University there are more Bobcats living in Columbus then there are people of drinking age in Athens So County. it's not all Buckeyes right. in, in Columbus then, is it? No, but everybody, if you pick your 10 friends that have college educations in the state of Ohio, most likely one or two of them are Bobcats. Okay, so they bring their Bobcat, their Buckeye friends along and their, their Red Hawk right. friends along and all that sort of stuff. And, and, um, and we were looking at, We've looked at a couple of different facilities and spaces over the course of the past five years, and we are almost in one, um, really close. You know, a year and a half worth of worth of checking it out. You know, I brought the, half the team here to this location that we're not going to. Um, you know, COVID kind of threw that right off its tracks. Mm -hmm. um, but the situation uh, at Elevator Brewing Company with Dick Stevens. Um, kind of a no-brainer uh, it fits um we love our neighbors we love the downtown area and the access via you know parking and or roads and you know all that it's it's in a really great spot and i feel really good about it it's an existing brewery so we're there yeah. we're open as a carryout beer store today and we've been open since right before thanksgiving but just as carry out and we're going to open the front doors i believe next week Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's coming right up here because by the time uh, this podcast gets uh, published, it's probably going to be uh, open. Or yep, so we're open a... as a carry-out beer store. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, the plans have been turned into the state of Ohio 
sorry, the plans have been turned into the City of Columbus Building Department um, for a very uh, glamorous, no. Swanky. Swanky, swanky. patio. Swanky, uh, swanky patio. Um, it's funny, the guy who used to own Ohulis, which is the original Jackass sure. location uptown, Jim Prouty, RIP, um, owned a bar called Swanky's once upon a time. So I did not know that. Time. That's hilarious. I, I think that. I have a sign somewhere, actually. What it in um, Columbus. Yeah, so I think it's in Brick, though. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, we, this swanky patio will open um, sometime next March. Uh, I was really gunning for Q4 this year, but construction, if anybody's in the construction trades today, uh, not just the cost, but the availability, the access, the, the labor uh, to build anything right now is just ridiculous. So I, I don't want to be... Um, disappointed for the next six months <laughs> so it's like all right we're going to open the swanky patio next march okay and then that that's where that is so I have a very large patio in a parking in what is currently a parking lot and um it's going to be a world-class facility good to hear good to hear that very much so so i know um here in athens you operate two distinct uh public brewery locations. What would you describe as far as the differences for people that would come to each location? Well, the uptown location is two different buildings plus a patio. So 24 West Union Street has a brewery inside of it. Okay. Very much um, pub, Irish pub feel um, is how I best describe that. Um, the other side, the public house at 22 West Union is a restaurant you know, gastro pub restaurant feel um, with a, a big ass draft tower and uh, and a pretty fun rotating menu. It's got some old favorites, but it also has a, a, a specials menu that's incredible. I had a pastrami on rye with the chomo mustard last night. Man, <laughs> Fancy. soft shell crab on the soft shell crab sandwich. <laughs> there were grilled shrimp skewers. Oh, I don't know. It was freaking dinner was amazing. I, I mean, we'll that. talk about beer, but you get us going on food. This well, could be yeah. a three-hour podcast. Well, tell me about that chomo mustard. Is that chomo lungma mustard? Chomo lungma mustard. So Jeff, who's been our, our um, the guy in charge of the food uptown for a couple of years, he div- he likes sauces. He's always messing with sauces. And he put some chomolungma, which is our um, our honey brown, mm-hmm. and it's like wasabi spice. It's just like a oh. really nice, rich brown mustard, yeah. and um, it's delicious. Like I, I, I don't know, it was amazing. My sandwich was amazing. I had it for lunch <laughs> today too, so yeah. <laughs> it sounds good. Yeah, and then the other location is our tap room, which is attached to the brewery, which is the big red building, kind of a little bit on the outskirts of town. And uh, our production brewery's here, and we've got 16 beers on draft and a nice-sized patio. Uh, We had a food cart here pre-COVID, and there will be food offerings here again, but I'm not going to say when because I don't know. Um, We uh, With the labor shortage that we've had with any, any food foodie applicants we are sending up town to try to get that back to being open 20 well 12 hours a day um but yes there's you're welcome to bring food here or anything like that to our to our patio at the uh at the tap room well we've been hearing some things are happening with jackie o's bake shop so can you talk a little bit about that what's going on i would love to so we've been baking bread um for 10 years uptown it was tucked back into the kitchen when the fire hit, we moved the baking operation to AceNet, which is a community sort of kitchen, a, a job creator, incubator. incubator yeah. <laughs> Thank you, kitchen. Right, and, and let me just interject here. When Art's talking about the fire hit, that was a few years back. That was a fire downtown next door, I guess, to you guys, and that affected your kitchen operation and all. Yeah, our kitchen uptown in the restaurant side in 22 West Union is actually within the Union. We're, we're next door to the Union Bar and Grill. There's no grill, but Union Bar. <laughs> the sign says Bar and Grill, though, if you're coming <laughs> um, Our restaurant is in that building. That okay. building lost its roof in the fire in November of 2014. 
So we lost our main kitchen for a year and a half. Wow. Um, we adopted and worked on it, and we actually still have the food cart that we borrowed from Jay, blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, that fire really threw things off, yeah. th- threw a lot of momentum off for where we were headed. As we uh-huh. you know, start to talk about the bake shop, we start to talk about um, another another uh, arm of the business, I'll say, uh, is right down the road. It's only a quarter mile um, from where we're sitting now at the production brewery, where we are going to showcase our baked goods. We've been baking bread and buns and all sorts of other random treats for farmer's market for 10 years. Okay. Yeah, okay. I've, I've bought your uh, breads at the farmer's market before. Yep. So we've been really doing that forever. And so mm-hmm. when um, the idea, the, the, the bake shop got, at post fire, got some space in the back of the kitchen that made a lot more sense for baking than the one that they had before the fire. So... Uh, but still, it's a space that they're sharing, that they shared with the kitchen. So it would be bakery, and then at 10 or 11 a.m., it would switch to prep for the kitchen. And then that sort of thing. So, you know, when you're sharing a space with somebody very right. much like siblings, we tend to get into arguments right. and things of the like. So um, the idea of getting the bake shop its own standalone location has always been something that we've wanted to do. Um, now... <laughs> Had I known COVID was coming, I would not have done this investment Uh-oh. into the bake shop. But we have a real, very beautiful facility right down the road uh, with some really swanky ovens um, so that we can... Uh, the sourdough that's coming out of there is incredible. Um, the one-year-old is addicted to the this bread that we're calling Not Quite White um, <laughs> that is uh, quite phenomenal. And, you know, all these other scones and treats, savory and sweets... Um, that are coming out of there pretty they're amazing i know i feel like sometimes they're better bakers than we are brewers so if you if you want to talk about like look, how we look at things competitively at jackie i'm like man i got i got to do better than those bake shop cats because the stuff that comes out of there I mean, a lot of really talented people on the staff down there incredible the well and so they're making i'm afraid to say this to west virginia so yes, they're making pepperoni, pepperoni rolls. Pepperoni rolls. No, it's, it's yeah, like pepper. barley wine, though. It's like you have to say barley wine style ale. They're pepperoni style rolls. Okay. So, yeah, we don't want to. <laughs> don't want to step so, on any days. So these pepperoni style rolls are, <laughs> are they're incredible I and mean, they're amazing. And so Johnny at our location in Columbus is on Fourth Street, but we've been calling it Jackie O's on Fourth. So. And then it's now becoming on fourth. So at on fourth, Johnny's been, he's got a couple customers who are from West Virginia who are just coming and just gobbling up these pepperoni rolls when they show up. So it's a pretty funny situation there. But um, we envision that doing very well once this construction that's happening on our street and shaking all of our houses and right. whatnot will be done sometime in the next year. And uh, our road will be really nice and, and beautiful up front. And, we're looking forward to what the bake shop will do on a retail side once that happens. Yeah, well, I can tell you that uh, pepperoni rolls really go well at breweries. There's a small brewery in West Virginia we just recently interviewed, uh, a guy called Screech Owl Brewing, and they make their pepperoni yeah. rolls at, at their location fresh every day or two, whatever. And, and they, they're just the hottest thing going there. I mean, it's a beautiful product, and it's perfect for a brewery. You ought to make sure they're down here uh, for sale Local. if you can at mm-hmm. the... At, at your pubs and, and in your tap room. Well, and the nice thing is, Charles, it's literally it just right over there. Okay. I mean, it's walkable. A, so you can oh, get there easily. Big time. Like, yeah. I, I'm really, really focused on buying a golf cart for this. <laughs> you know, so that we can just zip up and down Campbell Street, or sorry, Cheese Barn Alley, aka whatever the road is, this little alley here. Um, and we just bounce up and down the alley with that. That would make sense and convenient. Golf cart. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, guys, we are in the middle of summer. So can you give me a summary of the Jackie O's Barrel Ridge Farm operation? What's growing? What's not growing? Um, we have an abundance of greens. Uh, there are snap peas, sugar peas, all the peas you can imagine. Um, all the tomatoes are germinating in the starter house right now. Um, we are, well, there's fruit and nut trees that are on their third and fourth year, respectively, that are growing and getting places. Um, there are 15, uh, hives, beehives. Oh, out wow. There. We're actually spinning honey. 
We're spinning. We're plugging in the extractor and spinning with the Athens County Area Beekeeping Association's world headquarters is at the farm and we'll be spinning everyone's frames next Friday. Um, so look for some honey in some packages. Okay. As well as some it's exciting. Liam beers uptown utilizing that honey coming in the next couple of months. So nice. um, a lot of cool things coming on that, that front. Uh, we've got all sorts of other products that are geared towards Uptown Brewery. Okay. And that we can utilize for whatever Liam might want to use. He's He gets to play more than anybody currently on the brewing staff. And, um, you know, so we've got a bunch of um, boxes, raised beds for that. You know, raspberries, pawpaws. There's mushroom plugs galore went in last year. Wow. Yeah, and Liam's getting ready to juice a bunch of beets for the collab this week. Oh, nice. We've got a, our yeah. friends coming in from our mutual friend brewing company out of Denver, Colorado. Okay. Uh, stout that we brewed right after the COVID curtain fell. They're coming out for the final blend on that. So we'll be doing a batch at the brew pub. We're doing a uh, Belgian style wit beer with uh, a bunch of juiced beets with beet juice from our farm. That sounds great. Liam's um, got thousands uh, of pounds to go through. Thursday. <laughs> I also, I'm pretty sure that I read that you're, if you would like to come with a group, you can actually come and stay at the farm. Yeah, Is that... there, that's correct, um, Aaron. There's a an Airbnb at the farm. Okay. Um, it was really came on at about the right time. It came on in March of 2020. We had speciation was there for yeah. a collab, and uh, that was those were our first real guests besides Evan's parents, and um, it's it's booked all the time. It's kind of amazing. But if you um, are into that and want to come with a big group, it sleeps ten or twelve, no problem. Okay, and it is on the farm, so we're very clear to say that this is an active farm. We will be here running tractors and doing God knows what. Right. Okay, so be prepared for us to be here. Um, we're not. We try to stay away on the weekends, but uh, yeah, it's a really, really nice setup. Three bedrooms, couple of four bathrooms. And do you big, do anything organized for a group that would come stay in the area? We yeah, if anybody wants to do a farm tour, okay, or a brewery tour, or get reservations or anything like that, we try to um, concierge that if we can. Nice. Uh, Michelle, my better half, um, is in charge of of the the Airbnb, and so she's got you know the ability to, to communicate with any of us about whatever may need done and whatever events need to happen. If they want catered stuff from the bake shop to show up or they want a cake or whatever, we can do any of the lot or any of that stuff to really create that experience that, out there. That sounds like a fun trip for sure. Yeah, that's good. Well, you know, I love farms and staying at farms could be fun, but you know, I, um, for me, it's probably better to stay next door to the brewery. Uh, where I could just walk. Right well, let's, uh, <laughs> that's my point. You know, I, mean, I want to walk somewhere, stumble home from the brewery. Probably be a lot better for me <laughs> if I could find a place to stay next to Jackie O's. It's right there, Charles. Oh, my God. He's pointing out. Uh, He's pointing the above street. my head. Yeah, go ahead and uh, talk a little. What's that place? Charles like? found the golf cart again. <laughs> so there is, <laughs> there is a yellow house outside of the brewery when you're sitting on the patio that you'll yep. notice and the backyard looks like it's been manicured because it has been there are 12 <laughs> houses in a row on simpson avenue and this one is everyone's like oh that looks nice because that is the airbnb we don't own that but uh, michelle is actually helping manage the rentals oh. of that um, so um that is perfect for you Charles. but it is on the market does it have a name or something if i look up uh an athens airbnbs and you know i don't uh, know okay. if it does we'll find it. i can send you a link to it after this okay yeah there you go thanks but it's, it's just the one the, the one house that she's managing for the air airbnb across right the here's street. the one there's one here and there's one out the farm that she's <laughs> yeah. that's under her how many bedroom is that one do you know this one's three bedrooms but well, you a good can size. totally sleep there's a pop-out couch as well so okay so options if you're coming to stay anywhere yeah. at the multiple properties for Jackie mm -hmm. O's. Uh -huh. And if you really wanted to stumble home, you, we could set it up where you could stumble into a vehicle to get you out to the farm, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, but I'm just, I get nostalgic when I come over here because, you know, I've been coming here through the last, well, it's been more than 
how many years now? 15, 16? Charles, I'm thinking it's been 14 or 15 14 years ago that we met. 14 or 15 years, yep. something like that. So if you guys, and, I'm, and this I want to direct both to you, Art, and Seth, if you look back over the last number of years, as long as Seth, as you've been here, and Art for you the whole time, I'd like for you both to pick out a couple of Jackie O's beers that you think maybe had the most significant impact on the beer market and on your brewery's role in it. So what would you say, you know, uh, it, the beer was and why? I mean, or a couple of them. <clears throat> I mean, I, I would, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Dark Apparition. Okay. There's a point in time when we couldn't get hops. Okay, there was a hop shortage in 06, 07, 08, and we couldn't get anything. We had Argentinian cascade or something coming in that wasn't really doing shit for anybody and uh so we got <laughs> we got really good at our our stout and our brown beer game and um so i you know and that beer really kind of became the base of our barrel aging program and all that stuff so you know i i i think that's been a major force in why we're known or a lot of our renownedness comes from that. Um, you know, Mystic Mama, there's no doubt about that being, you know, our mainstay and been around it. You know, there was a time that we called it Magic Mama for a hot <laughs> minute, and that's an ode to, to mom. You know, Jackie okay. was my mother. Um, she passed away six months after uh, buying a Hoolies. So, you know, I told her I was going to name her name it Jackie O's Pub and Brewery, and, you know, Brad was like, hey, we're... Mystic Mama, you know, like this is what it's going to be, and you know, and that's an ode to her, and that's that that you know, feels great because I don't think that I would I'm not the person I am the person I am because of her, and that so I you know, I think I'd go there. I could talk about Shama Lungma too, but you know that story's out there. <laughs> no, for me it's 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 dark app through and through. I have such on top of being a beer that that defines us as a brewery. It's the one that I have the most emotional connection to. It was the first beer that I ever helped Brad mash in back in 2011. I helped Brad mash that one into the pub because his assistant was out of town. It was the first Imperial Stout ever milled when I started, when I became a brewer here at the production brewery. It was the first Imperial Stout that I ever brewed as a professional brewer. We've put it in every sort of barrel this way from Sunday. We've hit it with every type of adjunct that you can imagine. Probably some that you can't because they weren't good and we dumped them. <laughs> uh, but I, I would say Dark Habitat is the de facto Jackio's beer. Yeah, and a beer that we're still see seeing variants come out regularly. Oh, yeah. I'll just you wait. Yeah, Maple Barrel Dark Gap. That's what I was saying. Yep. <laughs> they're filling Double Barrel Dark Gap tomorrow. Sweet. Ooh. Or sorry, they're filling Madeira Barrel Oil of Aphrodite tomorrow. Mm. But Double Barrel Dark Gap will be getting filled soon. So that's going from bourbon to some really cool white port barrels that we got out wow. of California. Nice. Well, before we wrap this up today, anything else anyone wants to bring forth that we didn't get into? Aaron? Art? I, I, nothing comes to mind. We've covered some uh, pretty broad areas here, and I, I like what you guys are doing. You know, as Charles reiterated, it's a really a nice uh, business model, great brewery model for anyone who would like to give back to the community and, and help support the community. You guys certainly are leading the way, so keep it up, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. So thanks for letting us come bug you today and pick your brains. Y'all yeah, are no, always welcome. Yeah, nobody's bugging anybody. You know what's cool, though? What? There's this new thing coming out, and that it's going to get sent into the state uh, tomorrow. It's a, you know, there's a lot of these in Ohio, and I'm sure there's some in West Virginia somewhere. It's called a designated outdoor refreshment area um, is what it is in it's called Adora for yeah. short, and that's the acronym set forth by the great state of Ohio. And uh, Athens will be Adora by mid-July. Right. So you'll be able to just walk around drinking a mystic yeah. that you purchased within I, the I, city limits sometime that's gonna in be July. Different. That's going to be very different in it the college town. Be, well, now <laughs> our, our Mr. Mayor Steve Patterson was very clear that he would approve the Dora when the students are not here. Ah. So the Dora oh. begins second week of May and ends second or third weekend in 
August. Okay. So it kind of bypasses the students. Um, Enrollment I mean, for summer classes is going to go through the roof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Worst yeah. summer ever this summer. Next summer, best one ever. So, yeah. I was going to say, you know, I might have seen a few uh, open containers out on like the Halloween <laughs> times here in Athens. <laughs> but you know what I mean. That would be illegal. <laughs> but it wasn't. Never. Yeah. Not here. Not here. Just because I walk from one room uptown to the next one, Charles, doesn't mean it's illegal. Okay. <laughs> no, we're glad to see that uh, there will be more Jackie beer on the street up there then for sure coming up very soon and at least in the summertime in Athens and hey this is also I want to say a West Virginia friendly brewery you, you, you treat us right over here uh, you know when we we come over regularly I know folks from the, at least the Charleston Huntington Parkersburg region and uh, uh, anything you want to say to your West Virginia friends to just reinvite them anew or whatever yeah, we would, uh, just because we're opening at Columbus doesn't mean anything is going to change in Athens. We are going to cater to everyone in the Appalachian region and we'll continue to do so. Um, we look forward to hopefully, again, like I alluded to a little earlier, hoping to maybe jump into that market. Um, once the dust has settled from what COVID is and we know we can do 18 turns and, and so take care of Ohio and those sorts of things, then... Um, we, uh, we look forward to bringing products to the shelves in West Virginia. Um, and I, again, I, we don't wanna fall short of expectations. If we decide we're gonna go, West Virginia is not something we wanna hop in and out of. We want once we do it, we wanna do it. So um, we're trying to be real careful with the timing sure. and how that works. Cause you know, we don't, we don't wanna disappoint. We just wanna show up and, and, and be there and be a mainstay, so. Okay. Thanks for your support all these years. Well, you're very welcome. Yeah. So and we, as, a, as a lifelong WSAZ kid, shout out News Channel 3, <laughs> shout out Tim here. We'll always be here continuing to fly the flag for Appalachia. And we'd love to have anyone that wants to come visit, visit. We'd love to see you. Okay, thank you. And uh, we've been talking today to Art Ostrike, founder of Jackie O's Brewery in Athens, Ohio, along with head brewer, Seth Morton. So guys, again, thanks for joining us today on West Virginia Beer Roads. Yes, thank you very much. It's been wonderful. Well, thanks. thanks for having us. Till yeah. the next time. Yes. Appreciate it. This brings us to the close of another podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast host. Thank you for listening to West Virginia Beer Roads. West Virginia Beer Roads is a production of BrilliantStream.com.